Hello and welcome to Eurovision, or should I say Melody Grand Prix in isolation, for that is the name of Norway's selection show and uh, we are looking at their 2018 edition. Uh, to help us navigate our way through all these wonderful Norwegian things, I have four experts on the country joining me this week. Like Norwegian striker Tor Andre Flo, who's always on target, it's Alexander Smith. Hi Phil, and I'd like to thank you for choosing a national selection process, the Melody Grand Prix, which is considerably easier to pronounce than Melody Festival in after I've had a few drinks. So, thank you. Like our very own Pia Gint, as written by famous Norwegian Henrik Ibsen, it's Dan Irvin. Hello again, Phil. He very much takes on me like uh, Morton Harkett from AHA. It's Minnie Meyer. Hello. That's Norwegian. And scream like Edvard Munch. It's Simon Rickenback. Hi, Phil. We're looking at the Melody Grand Prix 2018. Now, boys, we've all seen all five songs. Uh, quite a high standard, I think you'll agree. Yeah. Thanks. Didn't mean it as a rhetorical question. And and some recognisable faces throughout it. So we shall jump straight in to song number one. Song number one is from familiar face number one. That's Tom Hugo and his song, I like, I like, I like. Take it away. Thank you, Phil. 177 starts in Formula One, including once from pole position. Le Mans 24-hour winner and a World Endurance Championship to his name. And now the front man of Norwegian NSYNC. Is there anything Nico Hulkenberg can't do? Niche. So this, this song reminded me a lot of the winner from our Melody Festival episode, actually. Um, I Can't Go On by Robin Bengston, uh, in that it's sort of a, a slick upbeat uh it's a nice number it's quite difficult to really kind of find any kind of fault with it but it's safe it's safe it's not going to come last but it's also not going to take eurovision by storm and, and run away with it um coincidentally a lot like nico hulkenberg who holds the lamentable record of the most starts in formula one without a single podium a lot of nico hulkenberg research has gone into this <laughs> are you going to deliver a formula one fact for every act this evening dan just on my on my favourite driver, he waved to me once uh, last year, actually. The Nico Hulkenberg in Tesco's, yes. no, frozen uh, <laughs> food aisle. We well did. Done. We had the pit walk at the at the Grand Prix last year, and he was walking by, like on the track, and uh, I waved, and he waved back. So there you go. It's my <laughs> and claim that's fame. enough to make him your favourite Formula One driver. Yeah, I mean, he could have just gone. I'm well, not waving at that man, but he didn't. He waved. So. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. I won't laugh. I mean, I already have, but 
<laughs> I agree with Dan. I, I viewed this entry as incredibly safe, um, but in a kind of popular, safe, fan, family-friendly kind of way. As Dan's already said, this sounds remarkably like Robin Bengston's effort from Melody Festival and, and indeed Eurovision 2017, um, which you'll recall from that podcast, I suggested it sounds like a blatant ripoff of Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. I think this is an even worse ripoff of Can't Stop the Feeling yeah. by Justin Timberlake. It sounds incredibly like that song. To the point even, what does it say? Can't beat the feeling, I think is the lyric. Yeah. So shameless absolutely shameless um but, but but pretty good in the same way that however that i i wouldn't have thought you know shakalaka boom boom is not a great lyric to try and shoot on into a song someone you know his producer needs to have a word to just say you know like a like a like a like a like it sounds dumb as shit i don't think i don't think that's the worst lyric in the song though i think for me the worst lyric in the song is you dance me happy like that's not a place where a verb belongs. Like that verb belongs anyway. Um, yeah, I'm mistranslated. Have we worked out who the kids are as well? That sort of I know, they I understand what this is. Why are they there? Like, is, what's up with the the guy in the leather trousers? What's there must be something like he. There's, there's a big cheer when he comes out. Is mm-hmm. is he known? So my, I I don't know the answer to this at all. My suspicion is potentially those last two might have been plucked out of the audience earlier in the show. That That's the only thing that I can sort of base it on. He does have the look of a man that's uh, trying to learn the routine by looking at other people that are doing it while he's also doing it at the same time. Yeah. And he, he also has the look of a slightly drunk camp non-dancer. If he is from the audience, it's a shame people don't dress up to go to the theatre anymore, isn't it? If if <laughs> if some security blokes ran on the stage and hauled him off, I wouldn't have been surprised. That's that's how out of place he looks. For, the, for those not watching on, we should probably paint the picture here. That, that, that this is a incredibly camp-looking bloke in skin-tight leather trousers, a skin-tight Superman shirt, wearing a feather bow around his neck with a kind of leather train driver's hat on as well. Mm. And... Uh, Apart from the fact he's there, he's not part of the main act at all. I figured it was like the the actual main guys are quite grey looking. They're all wearing grey suits. They look like a bunch of city wankers doing karaoke down at Boar's Brothers. Yeah. And so they thought we'll add a bit of colour by putting in these dancers who can wear their own clothes. So it creates a bit of a mismatch. Yeah. Right. Despite it not being a... Eurovision, we will still do our do's and nil points. So, any doozers in the room for Tom Hugo? Uh, I'm going to give this my do's point. Surprise everyone. I, I think I think it's a good song. I like the sort of simplistic dance move. I think it's well coordinated. And I, I like the sort of ordinary people vibe that, that they've got going on. Uh, I wasn't sure about the key change, but apart from that, yeah, I think it's I think it stands up. I'd listen to it again. Simon, I think this is possibly the first time you and I have shared a douze point. Um, I'm going to give my douze point as well. Despite the ridiculous line, like a, like a, like a, like I suppose I did like a, like a, like it enough to give it my douze. Um, before I go on, um, does anyone recognise Tom Hugo here? Yes, yeah, Nico Holgenberg. Dan did it. He literally said it at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, you, 
Uh, fans of Eurovision should recognise Tom Hugo? No. Yeah, it was a podcast about Eurovision, and you're asking for the four of us as fans of Eurovision should recognise him, and we're four of us are all stunned into silence. Sorry, no. listeners. No, he was uh, one of the singers from Norway's entry last year, uh, Kano, Spirit in the Sky, which was very popular, won the public vote, of course. No? No memories of that? I well, remember the bars and Gareth Gates. <laughs> yeah, not the Gareth Gates song, I'm afraid. The um, the Norwegian Kano song of Spirit in the Sky. Um, okay, no no worries, no worries. We'll we'll loop back around for that. So predictions. Now, obviously, this isn't Eurovision. All of these songs were beaten into the Norwegian nomination by uh, former Eurovision winner Alexander Reback with his song "That's How You Write a Song." So we have three placings and two non-placings, if that makes sense. So the songs came second, third and fourth and two as unannounced positions somewhere fifth to tenth, I would imagine. So, um, boys, where do we think this came? Second, third, fourth or below that? I suspect this is one of our top finishes. Probably not the top, not second. So I'll, I'll go third. Okay, that sounds sensible. I see where you're coming from. And I suppose the other question is, uh, does anyone think that this is a better song than Alexander Reback's? Step one, believe in it, sing it all day long. Step two, just roll with it, that's how you're out of song. Come on! Yeah, I do. I, I don't really like, you know, I think... His song, How to Write a Song, is actually How Not to Write a Song. Um, and it's I didn't think it was very good for a sort of a seasoned Eurovision professional, indeed winner, right? Um, it's, I thought it frankly blows. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I Like a Like a Like would have probably done better. Good to hear. Right, on to song number two. Many artists through the years like to go by a singular name, whether that's Madonna, Pele, Phil Smith. Here we have Rebecca with her song, Who We Are. Rebecca there, and I hand over to Simon Ruckenbach. Yeah, it's the it's the Norwegian Adele um, after breaking up with another boyfriend, possibly the Norwegian Skepta, um, and she's just called to let you know that replacing her won't do you any good. Yeah, it's quite a, a striking similarity to. Um, to Adele, really. Um, I can sort of even imagine the monochrome album cover with her face on it. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it kind of fully captures the, the essence of, of the person it's trying to encapsulate, I guess. Encapsulate? It's a lovely long word. 
We're expanding people's thesauruses on this podcast, if nothing else. Uh, Alex. I When I listened to this initially, the, the first time I thought, you know, songs like this do sometimes, I've wrote down slip through, but that seems like they've sort of cheated their way in. You know, they do make it to the Eurovision semi-finals and grand final you know a kind of emotional ballad we've covered enough of them yeah. uh, on the podcast um and then watching it a second time it's noticeable that the crowd are really bought in to this performance mm. uh it's a strong performance you know right from the from the very beginning um she carries it really well on her own throughout she uh nails the kind of celine dion in the black dress um wind machine shot um the only sort of detracting factor for me is that there's uh, the, the big screen behind her rather than sort of just putting up some random lights or colors and shapes they've opted to put her own face up on the background and so she's sort of singing throughout this uh in this song with her own face just sort of staring at her which is a bit weird at one point she sort of turns slowly and moodily towards the camera and it reminded me a lot of it's like uh, she's just been announced in the starting lineup playing centre half. You know, she's like the Sky Sports <laughs> thing. Minnie, did you have any any thoughts on Rebecca? Uh, well, I'm not really a fan of the warbling ballad subgenre, so it didn't do much for me. I think part, partly the reason is that you're quite limited in what you could do choreography-wise with a slower number, and she pretty much just stands there swaying, and then there's a wind machine. She walks about for a bit. So, yeah, I found it a bit forgettable. OK, fair enough. But we, we can all see the perks. We're just not necessarily all that enchanted. Is that fair to say? It's well sung. It's just not interesting. OK. Uh, so uh, let's go to the do's and the nils. Any do's poires in the room? And any nil poires? Lovely. Um, so middle of the road, it's fair to say. Um, let's go to placings. Uh, let's start with Simon. Despite the fact that I don't like it, I think this will do pretty well. So I can imagine this coming second to That's How You Write a Song. Fair enough. Uh, I think I'd agree. A fun game to occupy your mind with here for both the panellists and the listeners at home. One of the acts that I've picked out for you here has had a UK top 20 single. Can you figure out who? I'll leave that as a little brain teaser for you as we move on to song number three. Song number three comes from a familiar face from the podcast. Stella Mwangi from last week's episode is back, this time with Alexandra Rotan for their dance floor classic, You Got Me. Sandra there have got me. So we hand over to Alex. Yeah, this song is pretty good fun. 
the words are pretty meaningless. You know, you've got me going. Your love gets me moving. But it, but it's good fun. It's bouncy. It's energetic throughout. I can't quite work out whether it's a really empowering song or just two girls singing about how much they love the boys. Maybe you guys have worked that out. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Um, but, you know, the, the, the choreography of this is very much, you know, two, two very talented female singers um, being followed around by half a dozen blokes in tuxedos throughout. There's one very talented singer in this song. <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you as to which one's that that, that is. But um, the, the, my only criticism of this song is, uh, and now look, I'm hastening to add, I've never been to one, but I understand that swingers parties, <laughs> it's quite traditional for the man to dress up and the women to dress down. How do you know and, that? I think I might have watched something on Channel 4 one time. Sorry, Mum. No, you're listening. Blame it on Channel 4. Blimey. But, you know, six blokes in tuxedos, two women next to nothing. It, it looks a little bit eyes wide shut. The, the girls are... It's quite notable that the girls are wearing sort of body suits. And Alexandra has a cape as well, inexplicably. Um, Minnie, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it's a catchy song. Annoyingly so. It has good costumes. They get points for having kind of Wonder Woman boots on. And I like the mixture of singing and rap. It's a bit like Katrina and the Waves meets Destiny's Child, I'd say. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we can go for that. Uh, Simon. Yeah, the song plays to the sort of respective strengths of the artist, doesn't it, in that we know Stella can't sing, so they've got her doing less singing. Um, and I think that's positive, although I disagree about the boots. I think they're a bit ridiculous. She can hardly walk in them. I think Stella Morangi was really good because, as we said last time, she performed really well in 2011 but couldn't sing. And as Simon suggested, they played to her strengths by giving her a rap verse. But yeah. she's a, a good performer. She's charismatic. She she wrote the song, Stella, along with some other writers. So uh, maybe she's new to play to her own strengths. Yeah, I must admit that only when coming to write up my notes and therefore write the name, looking up the names, did I actually realise this is Stella Mwangi, um, who I covered last week, I introduced. Um, and I was quite shocked because actually I thought this this artist, thinking there were two different people, this artist was was far better um, in a lot of ways than the Stella Mwangi we saw last week. So if there's an improved, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, most improved award uh, the podcast can give out, I think it should go to Stella Mwangi. Se- seven years, though. So yeah? that's a, a lot of uh, experience and time to uh, add to her CV. Uh, but yeah, so, so we do recognise Stella. Uh, good, most of us at least. Dan didn't, but we can we can move past that. Uh, do we f- recognise Alexandra? I wouldn't recognise her now, to be honest. There were a lot of Alex, Alexes and Alexanders in this particular podcast. She doesn't appear elsewhere, does she? Uh, no, no, no. No, like Tom Hugo, uh, she was also part of Kano for uh, Norway last year's Eurovision 2019. I'm surprised that seeing as none of you remembered Kano, that you didn't then recognise Alexandra as well. But there we go. Um, I must say, I I adore this song. I think this song has pretty much everything you could ask for. 
although I might be biased because I think Alexandra is is my new Calamira. I think she is my uh, Eurovision crush for days. Uh, shall we move on to the do's and nil pois? So, any do's in the room? Yeah, I'm going to give my do's pois to Stella, but not Alexandra. Sorry, Phil. What? I, I didn't really notice if she was there, to be honest. Yeah, no, they don't They don't really include her a lot. I think it, she may well have been an afterthought, if I'm honest. It was that maybe Stella couldn't do the chorus as well as the rap. Yeah, she ha- plays a much more integral part in Kano than she does in, in Stella and Alexandra. Um, OK, fair enough. Any other do's? Yes, this is my do's point. Um, the concept reminded me a lot of Super Bowl halftime shows where they, they try and sort of shoehorn in two artists together on the same stage because they haven't got very much time. Um, <laughs> and you know they've done it recently with Shakira and Jennifer Lopez this year. They've had um, Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Beyonce and Coldplay just... Will it blend? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, for the most part, the collaboration was was excellent and the, the sort of counterpoints between the two of them, I really liked it. So 12 points. Yeah, now you mention it, I think uh, potentially Jennifer Lopez and, and Shakira did take a lot of their halftime show from Stella and Alexandra's You Got Me. I think the outfits are straight out of there. Um, the stagecraft, everything. Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from on that one. Any nilpois? We are in the excellent position here where all four of you have given your douze pois and none of you have given your nilpois. So we have got two absolute bangers coming next, I'm sure. Uh, and so predictions. Does it make the top four? Does it fall short? Let's ask Alex. Lovely. Let's ask. Carry on. For me, you've got finger guns in it, so there's no way that's going in the top five. Okay. Simon's saying no because of the finger guns. Alex, have you come to a decision yet? <laughs> you've got that kidney stone yet? Um, I think it probably fourth. Just while waiting for Alex. Thanks, Minnie. I, I, I'm, I'm concerned that Alex may have just gone to the toilet rather than uh, anything else at this point. <sighs> Alex, one more go. I mean, I, I suppose it's probably brilliant. We move on to song number four. Song number four this week comes from Alexander Volman with his very much 90s playground inspired song, Talk to the Hand. Talk to the hand. Very much my motto when hosting this podcast, talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. Why don't we hand over to Minnie to talk us through this uh, up-to-date funk number? Thank you, Phil. Yeah, so having been 
killed back in 2003 by the film Terminator 3, the expression talk to the hand is exhumed here by Alexander Volman, a man who looks like he calls everyone baby unsolicited. It's a <laughs> funky song, but spoiled by his quite breathy vocals and the inclusion of two trombonists. I'm using air quotes because they never even pretend to play the trombone. They just bop around at the back holding trombones like a pair of opportunist roadies who chance they weren't on the stage. And yeah, it's, it's the kind of act where if you saw them at a festival, you'd probably wander off to get a burger. I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Simon, where did you land on Alexander? Yeah, maybe it's because I don't like the sort of talk to the hand shit. I, I just thought it was all very juvenile. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this. Uh, I wanted sort of a more positive message. But that said, musically, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad. I think it's actually quite, uh, quite interesting musically. Uh, I like the use of sort of slap bass. Um, did remind me of Bruno Mars. Maybe it's just the hat. Um, no, but, I got, a, I got a Bruno Mars vibe. Yeah, and and that's you know in that sort of Bruno Mars way, it's both sort of positive and negative, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I find the most offensive thing about this this song his jacket, uh, which mm-hmm. is incredibly ill-fitting or, or just looks awful. But um, uh, Dan. Yeah, I thought uh, Alexander sounded a lot like Ed Sheeran, particularly uh, some of his early stuff. This could easily be one of Ed Sheeran's songs, to be honest. Um, but I have to take real issue with acts, and they do particularly come across as, as, as male ones, where there's one guy in the centre of the stage singing who he's too cool to move around. You know, he's, he's just going to stand there and sing. He's not going to do anything else on stage. And to use the Ed Sheeran comparison, um, Ed wouldn't be caught standing still on the stage with no instrument, and he'd have an instrument or he'd be running around the stage doing something and he's going to do 10, 20 songs a night at one of his gigs. This guy's doing one three minute song and then he's going to go off backstage, sit down with a glass of wine, free bar, whatever. No, put a shift in. Come on. It's just lazy. And he can't take that whole backing ensemble with him to Eurovision, I assume, because there's 11 people there. Uh, that's <laughs> surely far too many. Um, so yeah, big. It, it reminds me of when uh, Ed, Ed Sheeran closed the. Did he close the Olympics? Is that right? The 2012 Olympics. And my mum watching that said, "Oh, we could at least dress up for the occasion." <laughs> I mean, this guy. Uh, to be fair to Alexander, he's put on a hat, and that jacket doesn't look cheap. It just looks awful. Um, I, I feel he has dressed up. I just really want to critique his his style. Um, yeah, I, I, I suspect he looks to me a little bit like a man who's uh, balding quite a lot and has decided to wear a lot of hats as a result. Um, but uh, there we go. So my question to you is, does anyone recognise Alexander Volman? He was Norway's entry in the uh, 2017 edition of Eurovision. Alex, you are right, he was. Except he wasn't going under the name Alexander Vollman. Well, he was, but uh, the 2017 entry uh, was under the producer's name of Joust. Now, um, Joust was also the producer on this one, but they thought they'd swap the names around this time and and give Alexander Vollman a chance. Seems slightly unfair almost that um, one of them got to Eurovision and the other did not. Alex, uh, tell us what you thought. (laughs) 
like everybody else, I was quite uh, excited when I heard the uh, baseline at the beginning. I thought, oh, where's this? Where's this funk that I'm going to go? Um, unfortunately, it's down the rabbit hole of a song clearly that's clearly been written by 11-year-olds. Um, talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. Going to put you in the bin. Mumbo jumbo every day. Lyrically, it's awful. And you have to ask the question of someone who clearly has Eurovision ped- pedigree. He was there last year. Did he genuinely think that the lyrics talk to the hand because the face ain't listening could win Eurovision and as such would be the kind of lyrical sound poster boy, poster song of Europe for the for the next year? Surely the answer to that is no, unless you're completely insane. Wow. Okay, fair I enough. I hated it. I hated it. Wow. I tell you what he actually looks like in this video, and it's a and it's an encapsulation of various different points that we've made. He looks like someone that's gone to a nightclub for like the eighteen to twenty four year old bracket in his mid thirties. Everything from the outfit to the facial expressions he gives to sort of to Dan's point, the lazy kind of dance moves, the lazy laboured, tired, I'm in my thirties dance moves, and and the fact that his backing dancers are all pretty young as well. Mm. I genuinely think this guy looks like he works in a Greg's. <laughs> Let's ask uh, Nil Poiz. Obviously, opportune to mention at this point that uh, Norway has, of course, got the record for the most Nil Poiz in Eurovision history. Uh, on four occasions have their songs uh, scored Nil Poiz. Um, one, one of the next two songs is going to continue that record strongly i feel um so nil pause on this one yep it's gonna get my nil pause phil unsurprisingly seeing as i was so scathing just a moment ago uh, there was a second there where i thought oh my god we're all gonna give our nil pause for the, for the same song would have been exciting wouldn't it well i mean it wouldn't have been surprising though because the next song is so so clearly the worst uh, so, predictions then. Uh, do we think people were talking to the hand? Uh, Mini? I'm going to say this is bottom. Oh, okay. Non-qualifier for Alexander. Fair enough. And with that, I move us swiftly on to song number five. Yes our infamous song number five position. Uh, And this comes from Ida Maria with her lovely um, romantic ballad, Scandi Love. Scandi Love by Ida Maria is a, a wordplay dream. There is many a sexual metaphor in there. You can be the drain and I can be the plumber, I think is one of the lyrics, which which pretty much sums it up. Staging-wise, we've got quite a lot of cheerleading girls, as well as 
some sort of low-budget uh, Norwegian kids' party clown doing the singing. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot to say about this song, but I feel like a lot of it should go unsaid. Uh, and so I shall pass pass it over to uh, the boys to talk us through it uh, more romantically. <laughs> Mini. Pennywise the clown has let himself go. That's my first note. <laughs> she may not have the best outfit of the night, but she is the worst singer of the night. <laughs> yeah. It's just obnoxious. It's not just that it's bad. It's that it's obnoxious about being bad, which are the worst type of Eurovision song. For, yeah, for me, like, I, so this is trying to be a novelty song, and... I just don't think that's an excuse to have really bad singing. I think even if you're a novelty song, it should be sung well because it is still a singing contest. I I would I would agree with you, Simon. I um, this this song has a pretty solid studio recording, but her live performance is just awful. Really, she, just she awful. falls over inside the first thirty seconds, which is yeah. Never a good, never a good start. Absolute, absolute highlight. That's all deliberate, though, isn't it? No, no, no one falls over like that. Yeah, I'll back you up there, Simon. I think it, I think that's staged. No, no, she falls over. The thing I don't like about this is I, I just with the novelty element, I don't think she's got the sense of fun to kind of carry this off. Like it doesn't look like she's having a good time. She's not like smiling and. And sort of like it, it doesn't look like she's indulging in the joke. It looks like she's been told to, to do this thing. And I think that's summarised best for in the whether whether towards the end they've got all these beach balls come on, um, yeah. and she she doesn't kick any of them. They're all in her like path, and she doesn't like joyously kick them out of the way. She just like walks around them. And I I just like challenge anybody to like see a beach ball in your path and not be extremely tempted to just give it a welly. I, I tell you what she reminds me of, and I've only just thought of this, but I think she's a colourblind Mr Blobby. <laughs> it's musically about as good as Mr Blobby as well. Don't, that uh, no, come on, you had, you had me out, called me out for Beastie Boys, right? Don't, don't, don't compare this to Mr Blobby. Mr Blobby is light years ahead of this. I think Mr Blobby was number one. I think I think we, I mean there are obvious obvious flaws, but I do quite like lyrically some of the um, metaphors in here. Like I can be the fireman, you can be the pussy cat, and some of the Scandinavian references. Like um, I can't take the heat no more. We don't have air conditioning. The houses are built to keep the fire burning inside. I think that's clever. Mm. And I. Phil, actually, I will. I I agree with you there. That the the song and the concept is potentially quite good. It's just a real shame they got Ida to to do it because she's terrible. Um, she's gone for a Gildo style three minute run around the stage, and all she's succeeded in doing is showing how fit Gildo must have been to pull that <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, she is out of breath the whole yeah. time. You can hear it. <laughs> I. I think that's possibly the best description of the night. Yeah. Unfit Gildo Horn. 
for me, this song is summed up by the face of the girl in the crowd at two minutes and three seconds, uh, a mixture of bewilderment and fear. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, yeah, I've certainly spotted that girl in the crowd. She does look faintly familiar, but um, I don't think I know any Norwegian uh, Eurovision fans, so it must just be one of those faces. If you are a Norwegian Eurovision fan, please write in to philsmith at hotmail.com. I likey, likey, likey. She says fuck, I think. Yes. That That's presumably not allowed at Eurovision? Uh, no, it's not, but it, it's allowed at MGP. We've had a, um, a few songs uh, at Melody Festivalen where they've they've had uh, fucks and and such words. They tend to become funk or fudge and things like that. In fact, um, Robin, Robin Benson, Benson became fucking beautiful, became freaking beautiful. Um, I, I it's interesting. Fucking would definitely have um, been got rid of. I would have been interested to find out where biatch came down. Because you're in Scandinavia, biatch. Yeah, I don't know what you're gonna. What would they have replaced that with? Because you're in Scandinavia, y'all. Now a cowboy themed song. Are they allowed live animals on the stage at Eurovision? No. Nope. Horse? No. Nope. How many how many people is one horse? If I take out two people, can I have a horse? <laughs> yeah, what if it shits on the stage? Well, uh, that's a that's a problem that we have with you every week. But uh, <laughs> uh so I can be the Volvo. Can you be the driver? We have three nil points to uh, attribute to this song. So let's start with Minnie. Yes, this is getting my nil point, surprisingly. The, lyrically, it's kind of a shit version of Yeah, Yeah, Yeah by Alice Cooper. Niche. Uh, Simon? Yeah, you pointed out the lyric, I can be the fireman and you can be the pussycat. At that point, she crawls along the floor like a cat, which gave me sort of, uh, it reminded me of the George Galloway Big Brother scene, uh, and I've not been able to forgive the songs. <laughs> Dan? Yeah, um, the concept maybe had some potential, but the execution's dire. Nil point. Lovely, thanks. So, placings for Ida Maria. Do we think it makes that top four? That's the big question. Yes, this has to be one of our lower ones, isn't it? One of the two between 5th and 10th. Right, so that's it. That's all five songs. Before we go any further, my little uh, game. Does anyone want to place a bet on who out of these five has had a UK top 20 single? I guess Um, Rebecca. Simon's going with Rebecca. Can I go with Alexandra from Stella and Alexandra? Okay. Uh, Alex? Ida Maria. And Minnie. I'll go for Alexander Volman. So we are back in 2008. The song is called I Like You So Much Better When You're Naked. Oh my God. And unsurprisingly, it is by Ida Maria. It got to number 13 in the UK chart. It was on the soundtrack of the smash flop 
movie Lesbian Vampire Killers with Matt Horn and James Corden. And yeah, it got somehow to number 13 in the UK charts. It was performed on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I remember um, it, yeah. She's performed herself at Glastonbury and on oh, yeah. Later with Jules Holland. In 2008, she was a big star-ish. Isaac Maria needs to get her libido under control, I think. You know, help is there if she wants it. I think that's probably the message for this podcast, I'd say. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> right, shall we get to placings? The the two songs that didn't make the top four were Ida Maria, Scandi Love. <laughs> Excellent. And Tom Hugo, I Likey Likey Likey. Hmm. So there we go. Simon and Alex not in touch with the voting public in Norway. In fourth place was Alexander Valman, Talk to the Hand, Christopher Shane Delishinen. Third were Stella and Alexandra, You Got Me, meaning our top performing song out of these five. Second place, only to Alexander Reback, was Rebecca with Who We Are. Interesting. What do we make of that? Yeah, I'm not surprised Rebecca did well. I'm surprised about the other results, though. But Ida, she probably came tenth, and you know it's nice for her that they don't disaggregate it. I suppose one conversation that we haven't had as of yet is um, the quality of the songs and whether the UK could could replicate this sort of show. Uh, do we think that the the UK could or should try and, and replicate this? Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not really. I'd, I'd probably make the rules a bit more similar to Eurovision, but I think the the sort of the venue is not so huge that I think they'd get lost in it. Like I think it, you know, we could we must be able to find ten reasonable songs. And I think I think one of the things that is I suppose quite different from the UK's approach in in previous years is we were talking about how uh, we knew these singers whether they previously represented the country or or did further down the line uh the uk seemed to search out new acts each and every time and and not letting any acts really develop none of these uh people are really massive names outside of um eurovision so alexander varman had come second on the voice and ida maria had had a bit of a career about 10 years previously but um, Stella and Alexander Reback are just sort of basically Eurovision names. Alexandra Rotan had previously competed at junior Eurovision, but had only got to the semi-finals of um, Pop Idol. Um, and Tom Hugo had nothing really. So these aren't these aren't big names. They are almost Eurovision names, and I think they're they're stronger for letting them come back in and, and try again and there must be there must be artists out there that are really interested in in performing for the UK whether we know them or not um so that was 2018 uh, so how did Alexander do when he got to Eurovision well he won his semi-final 
becoming the first person to ever win two semi-finals, having won it in 2009 as well. But come the final, he only finished in 15th place, which was something of a disappointment, given the strength of uh, his previous performance and his star power, at least in Eurovision circles. So there we go. So Norway didn't win in 2018. It was won by Israel. So next year, we are off to Tel Aviv. But not on this podcast. No, I thought it was only right after we've looked at Norway to flash back to the year when Norway last won the Eurovision Song Contest. So we'll be going back to 2009 and the Eurovision Song Contest hosted in Moscow. So there will be a lot of LED screens. There will be a lot of anti-gay propaganda. And we will see you all for that. So on that note, it is a goodbye from the subpar four. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea if these went down to monthly. (laughs) 